What's up, this Shaq Barrett, outside linebacker of the Tampa Bay Bucks, and you're listening to the Fresh Fantasy Podcast. What's going on, everybody? I hope you're having a great day today. This is Alex from the Fresh Fantasy Podcast. This is the 72nd episode of Season 3. Today we're talking about week 13 takeaways and week 14 takeaway t- week 14 waiver wire, excuse me. And today we have 12 fantasy stat-based takeaways for week 13 and then the top 10 waiver wire candidates for week 14. For most of us, we're either one week or two weeks away from the fantasy football playoffs. I appreciate that you are all still here with me through now. And with that being said, let's get into the week 13 takeaways, starting with Christian Watson, who just led the Packers in targets for a fourth straight week. Two more touchdowns, one passing, one rushing. And that passing or receiving touchdown, rather, came on fourth down. He has been the number two wide receiver in all of fantasy football over the last four weeks behind only Devontae Adams. Christian Watson's been amazing. I think that while they're on a bye in week 14, week 15 could be a tiny, tiny bit concerning because Romeo Dobbs will be back, you know, which could take away a couple snaps from Watson. But he has been an absolute efficiency monster, and he has some really nice matchups down the stretch. There's no reason he should not be started every single week. Another guy that should be started every single week for the rest of the year is Cole Komet, who just ran 97% of the Bears' pass plays routes and saw a 28% target share without Darnell Mooney there. He had six catches for 72 yards against a very tough Green Bay team against tight ends. Cole Komet is now a top 10 tight end in fantasy football. Without Darnell Mooney, he's going to see even more targets with his pass-catching offense struggling to have anybody be productive. Cole Komet is going to be that guy. On the opposite of production is Deontay Johnson, who saw a productive 40% target share this past week, but just set the record for the most targets over the last 12 years without a touchdown. He is up to 105 targets without a touchdown, which is the single most since 2011. Absolutely ridiculous to see. Deontay is obviously due for a touchdown. I think he's still a fantastic player. He's still seeing a lot of targets, but just cannot find that end zone. Speaking of poor play or poor you know, stats from the Pittsburgh offense, Pat Fryermuth was down to a 55% row participation. They've been playing Zach Gentry more on snaps, which has taken away Pat Fryermuth's work of being that every down tight end we were seeing earlier in the season. You guys know that I'm a fan of Pat Fryermuth. I've talked about him a lot on this podcast this season, but ultimately the route participation has been ticking down. And when you are not on the field, you know, for as many routes, that usually does not result in fantasy production. So Pat Fryermuth's someone I'm also fading a little bit. A guy that I'm not fading and only starting to believe in more is DeAndre Swift, who, for those of you that didn't know, this week was the first week that he has not been on the injury report to any degree since week one. And he also just happened to have his best game since week one. DeAndre Swift had a 51% snap share this week, and he has not been higher than 34% since he returned from injuries. He also saw 20 opportunities this week, 14 carries, 6 targets, and like I mentioned, not being on the injury report, Jamal Williams just saw his lowest snap share of the season. Justin Jackson still saw about 15 to 20% of the work. And I think that's work that DeAndre Swift is going to take. It's mostly passing down work. I think it's going to turn into a Swift in Jamal Williams' backfield. If he's healthy, he is going to be absolutely dynamite 
down the stretch as he is coming back. Another guy that's going to be dynamite, Travis Etienne, who people thought might miss this game this past week against the Lions. And granted, Travis Etienne did not have the most productive game, but once again, he saw 14 carries and three targets. That is 17 total opportunities, which is exactly what you want from a Jacksonville running back. But the other part is that Travis Etienne just saw his highest snap share of the entire season at 88%. That is very promising going forward. He does have some tougher matchups, but ultimately volume is king in fantasy football. Speaking of that volume, how about Amari Cooper, who saw a 43% target share in his first game with Deshaun Watson? That is exactly what you want. That is exactly elite. Cooper's got some nice matchups. I think that he's going to be very – he's been very productive this season. And I think once Watson gets in his groove, probably in a couple weeks, that is going to be very big for Amari Cooper. Latavius Murray continues to see big work, 21 opportunities this week, 17 carries and four targets. But in that same game against Baltimore, it was Kenyon Drake – that saw the most snaps. He saw 34 snaps to just 17 for both Gus Edwards and Justice Hill. He tied them together in snaps, Edwards and Hill, which is pretty ridiculous. But ultimately, this backfield is just a complete wash to me. Kenyon Drake is not worth picking up, especially when John Harbaugh said that J.K. Dobbins is in play to be on the field in Week 14. We have no idea what Dobbins is going to look like. Edwards has been leading the backfield in most games that he's been healthy. Kenyon Drake has had one or two big games all season. Ultimately, this backfield is still going to be a headache and probably a three- to four-way committee for the rest of the year. I am not buying any of these running backs. And another guy that you know might not be worth buying at this point is, is Jeff Wilson, who somehow, some way, is now the running back two for Miami. And this could flip-flop you know, the next week against the Chargers you know, when they play on Sunday Night Football. But this past week, Jeff Wilson saw just 38% of the snaps compared to Raheem Mostert being over 50%. And this makes no sense because Raheem Mostert was the guy that almost that missed last week and then was the starter this week. Even though Jeff Wilson's played ahead in every game that he's been on the Dolphins, it does not make sense to me. This is similar to the Washington backfield. We just don't know who's going to be the running back one each and every single week at this point. I would lean it to still be Jeff Wilson after one down game. But ultimately, you know, Mostert might be the guy that took over, even though Wilson's been the starter for the last three or four weeks that he's been in Miami. It does not make sense. Miami is another backfield that I am avoiding. Another backfield that, you know, used to be an avoid, but maybe is now a buy Cam Akers, the Rams backfield. Cam Akers, even though he was playing behind Kyron Williams, notice the trend here with this podcast today. Cam Akers just saw 72% of the snaps and ran for two touchdowns, looking like pre-Achilles Cam Akers. The good thing about Cam Akers, though, is he has some really, really good matchups going forward for the rest of the season. I'm definitely willing to be buying Cam Akers, especially if he's going to see these kind of snaps. This team is not very good, but if they're anywhere near a positive game script, that is going to be really big for Cam Akers. Another guy that is seeing some big things is finally Juju, you know, getting back to 80% of the passing down work. He did saw a very, very weird less than 50 percent last week and now this past week against the Bengals, he was back up to over 80 percent the bad part about this is sky moore who's down to just 33 percent of the routes he's still playing behind mvs he's playing behind justin watson and unless every player in this wide receiving core is out they're still not giving sky moore even 50 percent of the work it's sad to see for someone as talented as sky moore but ultimately, it's good for Juju. Sky Moore is now droppable in fantasy. But let's get onto the waiver wire, the top 10 picks of the week. And that starts with James Cook, who just saw a season-high 43% snap share. His second-highest snap share of the entire season was 25%. And in this past week, he just saw more carries, more rush yards, more targets, and more receptions and receiving yards 
than Devin Singletary. It might be James Cook finally taking over as the running back one in this backfield. He is my number one waiver target. As always, my numbers two through 10 does not mean how you have to be listing them. It's what does your team need? If you need wide receivers, go wide receivers. If you want more upside, grab the guy with more upside. This is just the 10 players I want the most. Obviously, if they're higher on my list, I like them a lot more, but you ultimately have to do what's best for your team. You've heard me give that speech so many times now, but James Cook, the clear number one waiver target. If he's the number one running back on this Bills offense for the last few weeks, that is going to be big for fantasy football. Another player big for fantasy football is Darius Slayton, who just saw his fifth great straight game over 60 receiving yards. He's been consistent. The Giants do have tough matchups. But ultimately, he's the wide receiver one on this team, and he has been productive for five straight weeks, over 60 receiving yards. That is a guy I want to be buying into. Another guy I want to be buying into on a good offense is Michael Gallup, who has increased his fantasy points four straight weeks, and now he plays a bottom 10 team versus wide receivers in weeks 14 and week 17. He's seen seven-plus targets in three of the last four games and just put up two touchdowns against the number one toughest team versus wide receivers this year in the Colts. Michael Gallup is starting to look healthy. He's starting to look productive. Like I mentioned, the biggest thing to note here, seven-plus targets in three of the last four games. This has been a Dallas offense that has been very productive over the last few years. Michael Gallup has been very productive, and it seems like he's finally coming into his own, coming off his ACL, similar to Chris Godwin. Not Godwin's production, obviously, but just guys that are, after a few games, finally getting into their groove coming off an ACL injury. Another guy that's getting into his groove is Greg Dulcich which makes no sense to me because he's not been productive for the last few weeks. But per Nathan Yonke of PFF, he just had the fifth most receiving yards amongst all tight ends since week six when he came onto the scene. (laughs) And he now joins Travis Kelsey and George Kittle as the only tight ends with multiple games of 80 or more receiving yards since week six, which makes no sense. It's absolutely ridiculous. But Greg Dulcich has been that dude. Another guy who out of nowhere has been that dude is Zonovan Knight, who has seen 15-plus touches in back-to-back weeks. He's been very impressive. Michael Carter should be back the next week. But Zonovan Knight has had over 100 total scrimmage yards in back-to-back weeks. He's forcing missed tackles. He's been productive for this offense. And he got tackled at the one two times this past week. Should have got into into the end zone. But ultimately, we could see him take over as the running back one. They've shown they've never really been that committed to Michael Carter. And I think there's a chance that Zonovan Knight takes over. I'm not saying that he should be super high in your waiver wire, but if you need a running back and someone with a lot of upside, Zonovan Knight is definitely that guy. But if you need a one-week fill-in, I might be going for Travis Homer. And why Travis Homer when DJ Dallas and Tony Jones were the running backs for the Seahawks when Kenneth Walker went down? Well, Travis Homer in both games that he played with DJ Dallas this year actually outsnapped him about 2-1 to one on early downs. And Travis Homer practiced this past Friday and just happened to be out after being listed as questionable, which means he'll probably be back. Tony Jones might be the worst running back that has ever existed or to ever see a a football field. I'm still bitter about the one start that he got last year against the Bills for the Saints. But Travis Homer is probably going to be the guy if Kenneth Walker misses time. I desperately hope that Kenneth Walker plays this week. But if he misses, Travis Homer is probably the guy that's going to lead the backfield in snaps. Another guy that is leading his team in a lot of different categories at this point is Nico Collins for the Texans, who just saw a 30% target share and was targeted on 11 of his 28 routes this past week, which is ridiculous. In half PPR, he's had a minimum of seven and a half points each of the last four weeks. But the biggest reason I like Nico Collins on top of the crazy target share that he's seeing 
is in the final three weeks of the season, weeks 15, 16, and 17, he faces a bottom 10 team versus wide receivers all three of those weeks. These are absolutely perfect matchups. And if he continues to see anywhere near a 30% target share in these really good matchups, I don't care who the quarterback is or who's throwing him the ball, that is really good for Nico Collins. Another guy seeing an uptick at the wide receiver position, the final wide receiver I have today is Elijah Moore, who just saw a 75% route participation in six targets. And that is actually the most snaps that he's played since week four and the most targets since week three. I mean, this team is throwing the ball over 40 times per game without Zach Wilson. And Elijah Moore didn't see a crazy target share or crazy, you know, yards per route run. But ultimately, he saw the field more than he has than over the last 10 weeks, which is exactly what you want to see with someone like Elijah Moore, who definitely has clear upside down the stretch, especially when the Jets now have three straight matchups against bottom 10 teams versus wide receivers. Elijah Moore, there is some hope there. Another guy that's giving me hope, the only tight end to make this list this week besides Greg Dulcich, is Daniel Bellinger, who plays for the Giants. If you, those of you don't know who Daniel Bellinger is, and he just saw 97% of the snaps in his first game back. And for these Giants, with Darius Slayton, Daniel Bellinger saw a target on 18% of the routes that he ran. The previous two games he played before he got poked in the eye and missed the last four or five weeks, Daniel Bellinger had seen over 90% of the routes and was productive in fantasy football. We talked about him on a waiver wire show earlier this season before he got hurt. He is someone to keep an eye on when you see guys that are running that many routes. He is top three in the entire NFL last week in route participation, which is exactly what you're looking for. Guys, they're getting targeted at a high rate like he did and seeing those kind of routes. That is exactly what you want to see at the tight end position. The final player today to talk about is actually Jared Goff, who is my streamer of the week. We're going to have a streamer QB of the week every week through the final week of the fantasy football season. Jared Goff this year is averaging 21 fantasy points per game versus bottom half opponents. That would be almost a top five quarterback this year when playing those. He's playing the Vikings now, who allowed the fifth most points to quarterbacks. And this Lions team has scored 25-plus points in four straight weeks. This offense has been humming, it's been hawing, and it's been scoring a lot of points. Now the Lions somehow, at the time of this recording, are favored by one point against the Vikings. I really, really hope the Lions can win this and make a shot at the playoff race. But Jared Goff is the streamer of the week. But that is it for your week 13 takeaways and week 14 waiver wire. Don't forget to check out the Fresh Fantasy Podcast this Friday with the edge. What players are the best against what coverages? Some hot takes, some big things to know for both Redraft, Dynasty, and DFS as we head into and towards the fantasy playoffs. But as always, don't forget to chase that upside. Enjoy the rest of your day, everyone.